Welcome, folks, to the Big Dudes in the Trenches podcast. I am Doug. Over here to the side is Bug, and over here on the bottom, because he's so dang short all the time, is Tug. All right, all right, fair enough. I, I could have gone a lot worse with that. Yeah, I, was, I was worried. I was worried. <laughs> that was rude. <laughs> uh, this is the last Big Dudes in the Trenches episode of the month of October. It is also officially football weather season. I have a the first freeze warning of the year just popped up on my computer as we're about to go live. Did, Very exciting. Did, did the Air Force game not prove that it's football weather? I it doesn't count. It's Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I live That's in a different true. state. And I, now it's valid. football weather here. <laughs> you know what was wild was watching the the Broncos Chiefs game yesterday and the field is immaculate. And then you see pictures in the stands and people are in snow up to their knees. Right. Like at least no one in the Broncos game got flagged for throwing snowballs. They were definitely doing it though. <laughs> well, just at each other and not at, you know, the side. Yeah, not at the team. That was the issue. Not the at yeah. the sideline. But we're going to talk about anyway, that game a little bit later. So we, we might, we might, we have, uh, have it was a rivalry. We have to. Well, it yeah, it's on the list. I am aware, guys. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know no, why I'm aware is because we talk about every single rivalry in existence other than the two that we missed earlier in the year. But we cleaned up our act, and we're talking about every rivalry in existence. <laughs> Here on out. <laughs> so the way this works. We also talk about every ranked versus ranked matchup, and then we add a couple more games on top of that because we feel like it because we love college football. Good. And uh, even as much as Tug keeps – mandating that we watch some NFL football from time to time. I haven't mandated anything. (laughs) I have not sat you down and forced you to watch NFL football. You've forced me to listen to it, which is just as bad. (laughs) Because his microphone picks up cats farting at five houses (laughs) down. It's a great mic. What can I say? It felt like I was at the game as soon as I pulled him into the chat earlier. (laughs) Well, what a great start to the podcast. Uh, let's go ahead and talk Talking about cat farts. Let's do it. <laughs> let's talk about the rules for a little bit here, because in addition to picking all those games, uh, those bonus games that we pick, we get extra points if we pick good ones or negative points if we pick bad ones. Uh, and we had our second ever poll on X at BDT football to determine whether or not Tug had a good game. Polls have all been about Tug's games. Because I'm sensing a trend here. <laughs> Hold up. The fact that you haven't gotten a negative point with some of the games you picked is amazing. I'm always good at picking at least one, but I think I did a little bit better than that this week. I <laughs> believe we will find out here in a minute. That's that's the real plan. Before we get to our games, though, and talk about bonus points and whatnot, uh, we do have rivalries and ranked versus ranked, as I already said. Uh, before we show the midweek rivalries, though. Fair to look at where we stand on the season so far. I am yeah. pulling ahead a little bit. You're starting um, to. I I, I thought I was holding holding strong this week. Actually, I thought I had it this week, but uh, I don't think that's yeah. how it ended up turning out. Yeah, you thought you did. You were so proud and confident. You came in the chat like 2 a.m. and you were like, dude, I owned this week. And then I was like, mm-mm-mm. <laughs> we got to find out. <laughs> Starting off with the midweek rivalries that we had to pick earlier. 
uh, Thursday night. As we were live last time, Georgia State at Georgia Southern was happening. I got to say thank you, Tug, for this one. I only picked Georgia Southern because you did, and it really worked out for me. Yeah, yeah, it did. <laughs> uh, always Southern, never State. That is one way to take this. Uh, the other way to take this is uh, the fun belt is completely insane, and no one knows what to expect from them. At well, that's just time. that's just accurate. That's that not already always accurate. Well that is more. That's more they, a, a Macism than a fun they, beltism. Usually, they, there's one thing though is that you don't pick against JMU, but also they're not going to go win the title, even though they probably should. They are completely ineligible for the New Year's Six entirely, even. If they get that weird exception, it's, do it's get because part of me it's is because the big that. schools are scared. Yes, that is exactly why they cannot handle facing a founding father in the playoffs. <laughs> Real talk. It touched anyway, really for AMU loss because if he doesn't, I'm never going to let him live it down. Uh, I will throw out here too that when we left this uh, or when we ended the show on Thursday. Georgia State looked like they were making a comeback, but it was just way too much for them to overcome. And really, Georgia Southern getting a couple more points on the board, it, they put it out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what a big glow up for Clay Helton, though. I mean, God, my goodness. The Eagles are looking nice. Well, I also thought he was run out of USC way too soon. I mean, everybody gets run out of USC way too soon. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. <laughs> For our ranked versus ranked matchups of the weekend, only had a couple of them, but they were certainly worth checking out. Uh, I mean, debatable for this first one, actually, because the first one we had on tap was South Dakota State at South Dakota. If we can get the slide over, it'd be ideal. This, uh, Uh, (laughs) not the way I thought this game was going to go in terms of the actual scoreline. Definitely the result I expected, just not this big of a blowout. Clearly, we all expected the Jackrabbits to do well, but South Dakota did legitimately look like a top five team in the country to me yep. until now. <laughs> so it's so, about halfway through this game. Like, not just well, now, it, it took a minute for South Dakota State to get them figured out, but once they did, it was, it was game over. So, again, there is one and two in the country. We'll get to that one in a second. Big drop-off, and then everybody else. And right now, it might start to be looking like one slight drop, two. Big drop, everybody else. Uh, it might be one big drop, two, three, four, then big drop, everybody yeah, else. that's fair. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I don't know. I mean, time, go ahead. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. But, I mean, look at what happened last week with South Dakota State against SIU. I mean, that was a good game all the way through. And then, mm. you know, if you're looking at the slide, you can see the score of the Montana State-Idaho game. That was a close game, too. So, I mean, it. I, I hesitate a little bit to say that South Dakota State is in a league all their own. I do think there are a couple keys to beating them. They were able to just pull out a few more stops this week against South Dakota that they weren't able to quite execute on against SIU. Yeah. And I think the execution piece, if there was a time for them to lose, it was that SIU game because they were firing out all cylinders in the South Dakota yeah. game. There are keys to beat the Jackrabbits, but the South Dakota Coyotes forgot their keychain. 37 to 3 <laughs> Jackrabbits. Next, the game that I was at homecoming for my alma mater, Louisville Cardinals. We all picked Louisville against Duke, and Louisville did win 23 to nothing. I got to say, Riley Leonard looked hurt. 
while I was watching him from the stands, yeah. I could tell he was playing a little bit soft on his one one side that cannot work in the ACC. Honestly, it tells me two things. Number one, he's tough as nails to be sticking it yeah. out through obvious pain in his ankles. Second, Duke is fucked without him yep. because the coach isn't trying to shut him down and save face here. Uh, he's like, we either have rather than or do we have nothing. So I believe both of those to be true, and Louisville took advantage of that. Yep. And Louisville is now in the driver's seat for an ACC championship berth, uh, probably alongside Florida State at this point. They are on a collision course. That is certainly possible. Certainly possible. One of a uh, couple scenarios out there. I I. I saw this weird thing this week that said somehow Virginia Tech could still make the ACC title game, and that's just mind-blowing to me. Yes, it is possible. We are too far out for anything to mean anything just yet. <laughs> I think there was there, – I can't remember what game I was watching, but there was a comment that we're still at a point in the season where teams are playing each other and don't have any common opponents yet. Well, that was that, me. Saying that was well, Doug, yeah. There you go. So <laughs> yeah, I was watching was, something. No, you were part of it. Yep. <laughs> you were participating weekend, in something. Right? <laughs> it was the longest, shortest weekend of my life. Facts. Um, so we said it feels like nothing means anything yet, but this next game definitely felt like a playoff elimination round. Oregon at Utah. Both teams coming in with one loss on the season, and Oregon dominating the Utes 35 to 6. I did not expect this in any way, shape, or form. I would even venture to say you probably didn't expect this, Tug, even though you picked the Ducks. I did not expect the blowout. I did expect the Ducks to pull it out. But again, this is another one where I thought it was going to be a much closer game. You have two very familiar opponents. I'll take it. (laughs) Or Oregon on the road. Man, I was not not expecting a blowout like this. Yeah. uh, It finally looked like Utah was playing with second stringers. It's really all it comes right. down to. Bo Nix right. is really trying to solidify himself and prove me right, but we'll see. I I got to say, too, like I don't want to derail this too much, but it's driving me insane that everybody's still saying Caleb Williams is a shoe-in number one overall pick. And look, Bo Nix has been in college since, you know, dinosaurs roamed the earth. But at what point are we going to start considering him as a top-end first-round draft pick at quarterback? He entered college of the year after Brady White. Might be a year before at this point. <laughs> Honestly, his career probably extended four times what Brady White's did at this point. I mean, my goodness. Yeah. Anyway, that's a weird inside joke that most people won't get at this point. That's fine. <laughs> Next up, the rank versus rank matchups. Number two, Montana State at number nine, Idaho. You called it, Bug. The dome effect in the big sky is very real. The Vandals pull one out against who I thought was clearing away number two team in the country. No, Idaho's making their claim. I clicked over guy title. We'll see. I clicked over to this game short or very briefly on Saturday and man, it looked like quite the environment. I went back and forth between this and South Dakota state a couple times. I, I didn't spend too much time on either one of these games, but you could tell the atmosphere was there. And that's one thing that, it doesn't get talked about a lot at the FCS level and having been to the SIU game, the place was packed. I mean, I didn't see too many empty seats and it was pretty, pretty damn quiet. 
Yet South Dakota I saw more empty seats at the Louisville game against a top twenty opponent in Duke than I did at SIU against South Dakota State. Yeah, and both the South Dakota State game this week and the Montana State Idaho game they were played in domes, and those places were loud. It's mm-hmm. it's a home field advantage that you can't even imagine. People ride on top of you practically. Yeah. I had a feeling it would it would work out well for the Vandals, and it it did. They're able to pull this one out by three. That Kibby Dome, something to be scared of, just like the beer can now. Missouri <laughs> Valley and Big Sky all have domes that are meant to be multiple, feared. Multiple domes. <laughs> Incredible, really. <laughs> all right, next up. We have a huge list of rivalry games. It's only going to get keep getting bigger as we get deeper and deeper into the season. Conference opponents, everybody hates each other at this point of the year. It's a great time to be watching college football. Starting us off first, part of the Michigan Mac Trophy, Western Michigan at Eastern Michigan. Hey, Tug, you were the only one to pick the Broncos here ah. uh, in way way more of a blowout than I thought was even possible in the Mac. I agree. For an upset. (laughs) I agree. Uh, No, I came out and I said like, Hey, with uh, bowl eligibility on the line, they're going to play like they have something to lose. And that's, that's exactly what happened here. Uh, Western came out ready to play Eastern. Not so much. Uh, Took a little bit for them to get going. uh, And Western just ran away with it. Pretty insane. I think both of these teams still have to play central Michigan. So the Michigan Mac Trophy is very much up for grabs. Yep. So we'll see what happens in this three-way. Next up, Holy Cross at Fordham, the Ram Crusader Cup. I said you got on lucky. Thursday, the only reason I was picking Holy Cross because of Matthew Sluka. And then it comes out Saturday morning, Matthew Sluka's hurt. He's not going to play. So I messaged Discord like, hey, guys, are you going to be mad if I flipped to Fordham? Because – the only reason I picked Holy Cross is now not playing in this game. Thank you, Bug, for saying that you were going to make fun of me if I did that. Because <laughs> that that's the only thing that kept me in line. And it worked out. Holy Cross won in an incredible game. Oh, my gosh. 49-47 for Holy Cross. Just a, I, everything you could ask for in a, in a shootout football game like this. I know you're a bigger fan of defense, Tug, but even you have to admit this one yeah. was fun. No, that was a fun game. Fun game to watch all the way across. I'm so mad right now. We could have gotten skunked <laughs> if I would have just not. And then I could have made fun of you for the yep. re- for being the reason we got skunked. I yep. should have just kept it to myself. I would not have been mad if you had switched. <laughs> I would have just made fun of you and been able to have the high ground the rest of the season. Well, I know you wouldn't have been mad, but you making fun of me is scary enough. <laughs> <laughs> And now we can all laugh at Tug for being the only one to have flipped his pick. So it works see, out. But, see, but when I did it, I was right when I did it. It's still make fun of Don't care. Don't so, care. I'll live next with up, it. Next up, the Hoosier Helmet Trophy game, Valparaiso at Butler. We, of course, all picked the Butler Bulldogs. Speaking of which, the Bulldog just turned four today. Very exciting. Oh, good for the, the fella. And he's I hope he gets to some treats out well. of the I hope he gets to see some treats out of the Hoosier helmet. Yes. Ooh. That would be fantastic. Uh Valparaiso just hasn't looked good past couple of years, this year being no exception. Um uh, 17 to 7. 
it's a rivalry game. It was closer than it should have been. Yeah. Give them that. <laughs> yep. And to wrap up this particular slide, Clemson at NC State in the Textile Bowl you, on the CW. You called it on the CW, man. You yes. absolutely called it. Yes, I did. NC State is 3-0 and on the CW now this season. Uh, <laughs> if they make it to 4-0, and we might see a permanent deal with NC State and the CW. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, NC State was up 24-7 to at one point. And Clemson had to come back to make this look respectable. Wow. Does, does Clemson hit bowl eligibility? I mean, I know it's two games left, but. That is a legitimate question. I Do would they laugh. go at least two and two in the next four games? I, I don't know. I would actually laugh. Who's, who's left on their schedule? Uh, too many teams for me to remember off the top of my head. Uh, so they got. <laughs> <laughs> they got Notre Dame, Georgia Tech, uh, and loss, C- loss. North Carolina, and loss. South Carolina. They loss. might not. That's going <laughs> to be a hard <laughs> schedule for them. So, year. all right. So, big problem for Clemson there. Georgia Tech has won every even numbered game on their schedule and lost the <laughs> odd numbered game on their schedule. That is an even numbered game for Georgia Tech. They will win that game. <laughs> the other even numbered game for Georgia Tech is Georgia. So, just it's gonna come my to shot it. now. <laughs> Georgia Tech's gonna go six and six, wins in weeks two, four, six, eight, and ten. <laughs> anyway, and twelve. Anyway, whatever. I can't count. I, I, I work in finance, I can't do math. All right, Standard. moving on. <laughs> Standard. You have Excel to count for you. Exactly. Somebody who gets me. Thank you. Next up, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Number one, Georgia at Florida. Yeah, we all picked Georgia to win this game. Georgia's rolling way more than I expected them to without Brock Bowers, though. Yes. I think everybody realized we can't just rely on him to bail us out in every situation. We actually have to play, too. And look what it got him. A win. Fucking Lad McCockney got his hundredth catch in his career in this game. Let's go, dude. Feels like he's been in college for eighteen years, but it's fine. He's he's the in, in reincarnation of Hunter Renfro, who felt like he'd been in Clemson for twenty years. Anyway, Fair. moving right along here, Battle of the Bricks, and we got bricked up by Miami. <laughs> Apparently, their backup quarterback is better than we expected him to be. I guess. I need to Either stop that. taking Ohio. I need to hop back off the bandwagon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Happens every time one of us picks the Ohio Bobcats. Uh, any one of us picks Ohio, they lose. And if all three of us pick against Ohio, they win. So one of us has to bite the bullet every time. I say we make that a rotating thing. If Ohio comes up, we got to just... <laughs> <laughs> decide now who starts the trend i guess i'll start since i came up with the rule uh next time ohio's up i'll take ohio as the sacrificial lamb then it goes to tug then bug <laughs> it's the only way to make this predictable and watch it they're gonna win when you and tug take them but they're gonna fuck me i guarantee it motherfuckers i can't wait i can't wait i gotta take ohio every game now <laughs> every week <laughs> oh man but the Battle of the Bricks, 
went to the Red Hawks, and they stay in contention for that MAC championship game appearance, which felt like they were very much out of reach after Brett Gabbert went down. But yeah, right back in it. Looking like they'll be facing Toledo too, which you, you know who's not yes. in it, Pitt. Yeah, Pitt was Mac not in this championship game. No, yeah, in, definitely. They wouldn't Mac even game. they wouldn't even make it to the MAC championship game though. <laughs> in fairness. <laughs> They barely made it to the field in this last game. <laughs> they did lose 58 to 7. All right. So you got to understand this is a beautiful circle of suck moment. Uh, Pitt beat Louisville. Louisville yeah. beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame beats the shit out of Pitt. That's fantastic. You also got to realize that Pitt's other win is against Georgia Tech, who lost to Bowling Green State University. Uh, so I think Bowling Green State needs to be ranked above Notre Dame in the college football playoff. Oh rankings. my god, there it is. <laughs> that would screw that's, you as Ohio State. I that's fine. Worth it. <laughs> it's worth it for at least one week of BGSU dominance. <laughs> Next up, the music the Magic City Classic in Birmingham, Alabama. Alabama State at Alabama AM. This is the second highest attended FCS game of all time, this year's Magic City Classic. Coming in second place to the Magic City Classic from two years ago. Not two years ago, four years ago. Uh, Right before the COVID restrictions. That kind of thing. Uh, So it died down a bit, and now it's right back up there at like almost 70,000 in attendance for this FCS versus FCS game. That is awesome to hear in Birmingham. All for the Bears. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> this game was very close at one point, and then Alabama State just started to run away with it. 31-16 to 16 was their final score with Alabama State coming out on top. Yeah, that's going to come back to haunt me. I, I took Alabama A&M here. I felt good about it, but uh, I think this game, this specific game is going to come back to haunt me later. I mean, there are multiple instances of games coming back to haunt all of us. Yeah, so yeah. don't feel too bad. It's all right. This next one might haunt us all. Uh, Eastern Washington at Portland State. We got got damned. damned. (laughs) Portland State damned us all. (laughs) 47 to 35 over the Eagles of Eastern Washington. The Vikings of Portland State came out and said, fuck you, Eastern Washington. You do not deserve to be receiving votes in the top 25 poll because you suck shit. Well, yes, they fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> that's all you can say to that. <laughs> that's uh, that's about exactly what happened. I mean, understandable, I guess. <laughs> um, I, th- I think outside of the top four now, like everybody in the big sky is tied except for Northern Colorado. Just I might as well. <laughs> yeah, it's. At least it feels like it. That's that feels right. So I'm gonna say yep. that it's true. <laughs> Next up, Dartmouth at Harvard, uh, which is kind of a rivalry, not as big of a rivalry as some of the others in the Ivy, but Dartmouth certainly hates Harvard, and Harvard beat them anyway, 17 to nine. Yep. Crimson this got is, back on track here. Yeah, this kind of goes back to the whole thing we were talking about last week where it's just Harvard is very much the better team. It's one of those situations where you're not going to feel bad if you pick them and lose because it's probably going to be an amazing game if that happens. Yeah, 
Right. And, and Harvard is probably the most talented team in the in the Ivy this year. I would say without a doubt at like almost every position yeah. group they have. They're either number one or number two at every position group, like in the Ivy League. So it's yep. yeah, it's gonna be hard to beat Harvard this year. Unless you're Princeton, apparently. Yeah, so, and it's easy. Cool. There is still technically a way for there to be a seven-way tie at the top of the Ivy League standings, uh, with only Columbia losing out. That <laughs> that is possible. Uh, which would mean since they don't do any postseason or anything, and they don't really do tiebreakers either, it would be a seven-way first place Ivy League championship this year. That's disgusting. Well, it's the Ivy League. They deserve it. It's also Next. fair. Let's go straight into the game that I know Tug is going to spend a ton of time talking about. I mean, I'm really not. It, it was it was a hard-fought snow game. Uh, there's really not much more to say about it. Uh, mistakes on both sides. Air Force able to pull this one out. Uh, my biggest complaint on this game is how long it took them to sit there and say, you know, maybe we should shovel like the goal lines, the 10, 20, 30, and so on. These guys were just like sitting there, like never shoveled the sideline. Like I'm like, some dude's going to catch a late hit out of bounds because nobody can see where the white sideline is under the snow. Uh, that We're was my about Air Force Colorado State. If you couldn't catch no, that that's right fair. Now, for our audio listeners, the Ram Falcon trophy, we all picked Air Force and we were all correct 30 to 13. Yeah. But wow, was it nasty to start off was, at least the first three quarters? Yeah, that was a, oof. Oof. it. It was fun games, but they hurt to play in. It, <laughs> yeah. it was a an entertaining and close game until until the second half. Then Air Force really started to pull away. The other thing I want to mention too about Air Force is they have got to stop with the ultra predictive play calling. The announcers were even calling it and like, oh, it's third down. They're probably going to pass. It's third down. They're going to pass. It's third down. They're going to pass. And it was right damn near every single time. If it was more than third and three, they were passing the ball. It worked, though. Which is <laughs> did. Which is different than usual because usual it's a uh, third down triple option. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So there, I just, I, Again, I guess that's where I'm at. Is times I, in the past that worked. So. Yeah. And that, I guess that's where I'm at. I didn't see any of that mixed in. Uh, it seemed like once they got all three backs, quarterback, fullback, and halfback going, uh, and they had all three options of the triple option working, they were able to get away from pa- having to pass yep. uh, because they were able to just roll down the field. And uh, yeah, Spirit Cheese was banned. Spirit Cheese is, is banned. So, you know, I guess I, that is what happens there, huh? Yeah, yeah, Colorado State caught a penalty for throwing snowballs at the Air Force sideline. Uh, what us Air Force Falcon fans didn't have a chance to tell everyone is that we felt bad for that because we throw cheese on the field. Yeah, and I love how their their solution was, hey, we're just going to move the student section back 10 rows yeah, yeah. and have the cops stand in front of them. Yep. As if the cadets can't throw cheese an extra 10 rows. Well, it's easy or colorado state fans can't throw snowballs in extra 10 rows some of those guys were lit enough they did not care if they got arrested correct (laughs) i'm surprised i'm surprised that was as effective as it was (laughs) next up tennessee at kentucky who would have thought this would turn into devin leary's best passing performance as a wildcat and the kentucky wildcats would lose and also tennessee would have two 
running backs at full health and go off in this game and win on the ground. This was an exact script flip for both teams. And Tennessee won in a in kind of a dogfight, 33 yeah. to 27 here. The Vols pull this one out in Lexington. It's a great game. It's tough on the road there, but great game all the way across. Uh, I honestly, probably about as close as I expected this one to be. Unfortunate. <laughs> Next up, Vanderbilt at Ole Miss because everybody in the SEC hates their charter member <laughs> friend, Vanderbilt. 33-7 to seven for the Rebels. Of course, Bug is uh, resistant to Ole Reb. <laughs> Unfortunate, but not unexpected. <laughs> Next up, the Royal rivalry, Old Dominion at number 25, James Madison. And man, did Old Dominion make them work for it. But James Madison does pull this one out, 30-27. to 27. Old Dominion had like three chances to win at the end, and they just couldn't get it done. JMU's mm-hmm. defense came up huge in this one at, in the fourth quarter. I will say this is not the first time this year James Madison actually does this quite a bit where they're flirting with disaster like this, but they pull it out, and that's what great teams do is they find a way to win even when it gets tough. Uh, and James Madison is definitively a great team. Go ahead, Doug, say it. <laughs> You're thinking something there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you... I was thinking they would be they I don't know how to make this bit work exactly. I was thinking <laughs> something along the lines of don't give them a condom sponsorship. They have perfected the pullout method. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me say this. Let me say this. If you are Tug or any other Air Force fan, you better hope that James Madison loses a game. Because if they go undefeated, I'm going to go on for eternity about how James Madison was more deserving solely because of the fact that more deserving of the New Year's Six Bowl solely because of the fact of how quick they went up from FCS to FBS. You think I would disagree with you on principle? (laughs) No, you're just going to get really tired of hearing me say it. Well, that's Almost as tired as you are of me talking about how Troy Calhoun is about to be the best coach in Air Force history. He is, I will say this, since you brought it up, he is coaching very differently this year. And I'm starting to come around. He's coaching for his next job. Let's go. There it is. There it is. (laughs) He's trying to take over Clemson after Dabo gets fired. (laughs) All right. Next up, San Jose State at Hawaii. The Dick Tomei legacy game. San Jose State dominated this one 35 to nothing in Hawaii in a game that I don't know how it was possible to watch. I couldn't figure it out. I did try. Spectrum pay-per-view. I don't have Spectrum, so. That's depressing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we all picked the Spartans, and we were all correct. Good job, us. I'm I'm Holy more team. upset that Ben took Vanderbilt because he can't take Ole Miss, and if he took the team that he knew he probably should have, we would have had a perfect Look, we here. all knew that Ole Miss was going to fucking win. Right? Yeah, we but we could have had a we could have had a perfect slide. In my eyes, we did have a perfect slide because Bug yeah. got his wishes, and we also technically did correctly pick every game. Yeah. Yes, I, I said from the beginning, I'm picking Vanderbilt because I refuse to pick pick Ole Miss. Ole Miss is going to win this game, but in case Vanderbilt <laughs> does, I'll be extra happy. <laughs> Next up, the games that we have picked for ourselves. Starting us off, of course, is the bombastic big bug himself. Man, so 
when I went through and picked my games last week, I, I literally looked and I was like, what has incredible upset potential? Oklahoma escaped by the skin of their teeth against UCF, much to my chagrin last week. And I thought, man, I want to pick another game like that. Why is it Oklahoma again? Because they were playing <laughs> at Kansas, and Kansas almost did this to them two years ago with a much worse team. Guess what? Kansas is a lot better now. And oh, by the way, they pulled it out. The goalposts ended up in the lake. Lawrence was lit. Kansas football school confirmed. What? I just want to know what this new thing about throwing the field goal post in this is not water is. No, 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 no. It's not new. It's just I feel like the last two years where I've seen it two years in a row now. Uh, but at the same time, Kansas didn't get fined for this, so I'm okay with it. Well, yeah, because it's the Big 12, not the big dumb SEC. The Big 12 which... likes fun. Yeah, facts. Yeah. And Confirmed. Oklahoma's leaving because they're scared of Kansas. Confirmed. <laughs> We did all pick Oklahoma here because, of course, we did. It's number six against an unranked team. But also, Jalen Daniels was hurt and didn't play. And so That's... it felt like this was not Kansas's best shot. Uh, but they figured it out. And the goalpost is in the pond. Yes, it is. It's where it belongs. Nothing else to say. <laughs> Let's go, Kansas. <laughs> Next up, we had... Seven and one, two lane, number 22, taking on Rice, four and four. And Rice has had some impressive wins. Being at home, I think it was their homecoming, too. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on here. I thought maybe Rice is going to pull it out. We all took two lane because, of course, we did. That's the safe mm-hmm. thing. But let me tell you, JT Daniels and Luke McCaffrey almost didn't let that happen. They were yep. in it all game. McCaffrey made an amazing touchdown catch. Had his helmet ripped off, and he was pumped. That was near the end of the game. It was close. Tulane able to hang on. This is this is the second game where they've really had to hang on at the end here. Uh, Rice should scare the rest of the American, and Tulane, they should be very worried as well because Rice is not going to be in that conference title picture. But, man, next year, they very well could be. That's it. Rice has been building for a few years. It looks like a better program now than it ever has. I'm glad to see them on the up and coming. Than it ever has in our lifetime. Bacteria infested water violence. The green wave is gross. Yeah, so is that pond that the the goalpost ended up in. Holy shit. That that is the Tulane green wave up there. Last but not least, we have number eight incarnate word heading to Lamar, who is four and four now. I figured Lamar would not win this one. We have a typo here, says Lamar won. Incarnate word yeah. seven one seventeen to seven. Yeah. Okay. That okay, yeah. That's definitely incarnate word one. That yeah, game. that's what I'm <laughs> saying. <Yeah>. I was, <laughs> Jeez. I was like, uh incarnate word one. Yeah. But kind of like what I said. Lamar got – they started the year 0-3. They got hot. They came into this one 4-3. I thought maybe, you know, they're playing a good team. Very good chance they get blown out, but they did get that confidence. They were able to come out and put together a good effort. I think if they play this Incarnate Word team the fourth game of the year, they start out 0-4 and look bad through all four games. Who knows they even got to 4-4 four and because four they did have some close wins yeah. pre before this as well. So Lamar has made a lot of improvements. Overall, a very good game. Incarnate Word is just the better team, though. I'm very excited to see the 
you know, that I was right, that Lamar figured something out at least. That's fair. They definitely did. They're starting to look better. Uh, again, another one of those teams that's been building for a few years now. I am very tempted to give you three good games here. But I feel like Lamar just doesn't have enough on either side of the ball to really justify that. Like, I feel like Incarnate Word beat them by worse than this score looks, actually. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't completely disagree on that either. But looking at looking at how the plays and everything broke out, it was a lot of punts. There weren't a lot of turnovers. They matched scores yeah. with Incarnate Word, and then Incarnate Word, being the better team, was just able to pull away late, and Lamar had no answer for it. If, for me, it's what makes this tough is it was kept close, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a good game. Uh, it You can still have a win for a team that's expected to win. It can still be an ugly win. I think that's kind of what happened here is UIW came out flat. They were eight, Lamar hung around and then UIW was able to pull it out at the end. I'm kind of on the same page as Doug where I, I'd, I'd give you two, two here. good games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's still better than your usual fare. And you, get, you, get a point. Usual. you get a point. <laughs> you get a point. <laughs> I'll take it to a vote. I don't care. But if y'all are in agreement that it is two good games and not three, we can move right along. Yeah, I'll take my one point. You'll take your one point and be happy about it. Yeah, you will. Here. <laughs> Next up, my games of the weekend, starting us off with Tarleton State at Central Arkansas. A battle in the UAC, which has been so weird this year uh, and continues to be weird. Tarleton State, with the upset that I kind of predicted in my head but didn't have the confidence to pull the trigger on, I picked Central Arkansas to win this game, but it came down to a two-point conversion attempt to tie it, and Central Arkansas couldn't get it done. Tarleton State wins 25-23. to 23. Uh, We got Kayvon Britton. That's what happened here. Uh, <laughs> running back for, for Tarleton State went 7.1 yards per carry for over oh, 150 yards and two touchdowns. Tarleton State looks like... Kind of a real deal. I'm impressed by Tarleton State and the Texans. Uh, and thank goodness we don't have to see that nasty-ass purple and gray <laughs> field in the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. Thank God. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Next up, New Mexico at Nevada. Uh I didn't expect this personally. I picked the Wolfpack to win, but actually Nevada came out to kind of a big lead and New Mexico had to score a, like a little bit of makeup points in the fourth quarter to make this look respectable. Um, I'll take the L on this one. Nevada came out and whooped that ass for a good three quarters. <laughs> And then New Mexico tried to make it look decent look, at late. Look, I'm just going to go ahead and say, I hate when you guys take Sicko's committee games, offense appears in the game, but when I take a Sicko's game, it's a 10 to 7. Why did we watch this? Right? Rock fight. Well, that's because you pick games out of the Big Ten West, and we pick games <laughs> out of everywhere else in the country. 
I look, I haven't picked a lot of Big Ten games this year. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for one that we don't usually watch in. Now I know why that's why we don't watch them. <laughs> Fucking Nebraska Northwestern last week. Gross. I knew it I was knew- going to be ugly. I thought it was going to be fun. It was not. <laughs> it was neither. Next no, up, it was Oregon. Ugly. Oregon it State at Arizona in the desert. Arizona does win this one by three points. Irritated the fuck out of me. I watched this live. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but at the end of the first half, Oregon State had a chance to kick a field goal and take a three-point lead into the half. They decided to fake the field goal and only got like 25 yards out of it instead of the 35 they needed to get in the end zone. So dumb. It go, they go into halftime 10 to 10, and Arizona wins by three points that Oregon State should have had if they had just kicked the field goal they were supposed to. So dumb. So you would dumb. you would fit in in Corvallis right now so well. You I, know that's all they're talking about up there. I can't fucking believe it. I picked Oregon State to win this game, knowing that Arizona has looked great as of late. They're Third string quarterback out of nowhere is the best quarterback in the Pac 12. And it's, they play incredible in Tempe. Fuck this Arizona bullshit. Get out of here. Go to the Big 12 already. You don't deserve it to be in the Conference of Champions, Oregon State. My heart is breaking. Why did you do this to me? Arizona's in Tucson, my friend. Even worse. Fuck Tucson. <laughs> Tempe I mean, would be uh, ASU. You just yeah. said every, everything what I was expecting is Arizona's look good. For me, Oregon State's been hit or miss. They have had some questionable uh, coaching decisions. Um, oh my! That was God. the right coaching decision. Yeah. Hold on. That reminds me. That Northwestern celebration is still going on every time he kicks a field goal, by the way. As it Make should. It, baby. Um, but no, the, the Wildcats have looked like something is clicking for them recently. Uh, it's almost like they started to believe after that close game against USC, and they have not looked the same since, and it's for the better. Um, and that almost makes them dangerous. They're sitting at 5-3. and three. I don't know what their in-conference record is. I think their only loss in conference is to, uh, is to USC, so they're going to be in that conversation pushing for the Pac-12 championship too if they can keep this going. Wild. So that's, that's hard to believe. Even oh my gosh, <laughs> what are we looking at oh. as well good games here? I see at least well, two. Well, per per our new rule over the last week, uh, any upset is a good game, and there are two upsets on here. And Doug already called it out, saying he's taking the L on New Mexico Nevada. So he decided it for us just by his new upset rule. Well, and Nevada was the favorite, actually. So <laughs> y'all took the underdog and at lost. Didn't even know it. That was the worst part. They were a one point favorite at home. Oh, that's so. a pig. <laughs> that's a pick em. That's not a spring. I'll take my one bonus point though. That's that's all I deserve. And move right along to Tug's games. What do you got for us, man? Uh well, Maris and St. Thomas made me upset. Because uh, I thought that was going to be a much closer game, much better game. But the Tommies did pull it out. This team never seems to let me down. Uh, they're just a fun team to watch. And it's another one of those teams, Ben, like you were talking about with uh, James Madison, that they jumped up. They're two years in. 
and they're putting up winning seasons consistently in their second year. Uh, it's a killer for St. Thomas, though, because they have an extra three more years of playoff ineligibility because of their jump. Um, whereas James Madison Which is that a, one's... it. So the lot I've looked it up. It's the NCAA rules say it's I think it's two years for going from division uh, three to division two. And then I think it's three years for division two to division one. So they just went cool. You get all five at once. It's to help them with scholarships. I get that, which is even crazy. Cause if I remember right, Doug, you said the pioneers, not even a scholarship conference. Right. So, right. Which it's, is probably why St. Yeah. Thomas fit in there. It's to help them with a bunch of different things. There are several requirements of being in Division yeah. One, compared to Division Three, that a lot of teams don't take into consideration. You got to think of Division Three, the conference they were in. Every school in that conference was in the state of Minnesota, yeah. and now they have to travel in a conference that reaches all the way from Marist in New York to San Diego. Like that's a pretty yeah. widespread conference that a lot of people don't realize is that and- widespread. Stetson in Florida as well. Like that's a that's a huge conference to be traveling all around with all of your sports. You gotta build up some uh some resources, some experience with that before we're gonna let let you say, let's move go on and go to some neutral site even beyond what you're expected to for the conference yeah. schedule. I think I, it's I bullshit would... that they're doing it for this long. But it's also an unprecedented move from D3 to D1. Yeah. Well, and that's – so that's my thing for both JMU and St. Thomas. Like, cool, this is the baseline. But by and large, especially when you're talking about, oh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's because of the travel. For St. Thomas, man, like, hey, we've got the money. we got it figured out. Can we chop this down to, to two years or, or even just the three? Because guys that they recruited last year will never get a chance to play in the FCF uh, yeah. championships. They just won't. And that was that was their first year. Like, oh, yeah, we're D1 now, but we won't be able – you won't play in any playoff games the whole time you're here. Zero and, chance. And I think what you need to do if you're the NCAA, if you want to come out and blanket say, hey, like this is the expectation, but then the team comes out and does what St. Thomas is doing, you need to legitimately look at the waiver on a case-by-case basis. And if the team has it figured out, and every every year that goes by, it should become increasingly more likely that you grant the waiver. Right. And I, I like think James Madison, between you and I, James Madison should get the waiver this year. It's their second year. It's the final year of their postseason restriction. They're playing damn good football. Let them go to a bowl game. Let them go I, to the conference championship. I wonder if the college football playoff ranking, if this initial ranking will have any type of sway in that. It's not an official NCAA function. It's not an official NCAA anything, but I do wonder if they're going to look at it and put some real stock into it. Because JMU is entirely ineligible for the New Year's Six and playoff with this rule, even if they were technically eligible with the not enough teams making six wins or whatever, they are not eligible to be ranked in this college football playoff ranking. I I motion that we still put their AP poll ranking up. Whenever we cover a JMU game for we'll, the rest of the year, just we'll just put in parentheses AP. No, fuck it. No, we put no. we just put the ranking up there. JMU number one, baby. 
<laughs> we're we're going to start using the Collie Matrix for JMU. That's it. <laughs> Number four, James Madison. <laughs> I need to I need to look at those rankings too. Um. All right, for the second game here, I took Troy at Texas State with huge fun belt implications outside of James Madison. Uh, this did not go the way I expected in terms of, again, a much wider margin in the game. Uh, Troy went on the road and absolutely told Texas State that I am now in charge. Uh, you shall listen to me. And Troy went, yep, yes, you will. And yes, you did. Uh, Troy pulls this one out 31, 13 moves to six and two on the year. I believe they're four and one in conference now definitively in line for an asterisk, uh, fun belt championship game, uh, that won't be featuring James Madison. Uh, man, I, both of these games, the teams looked evenly matched on the surface and I was hoping they would be good games, but they were both pretty much blowouts. Yeah, um, I love the Bobcats, so that's on me. <laughs> Next Man, time we talk about Texas State, I'm going to put on the slides uh, what they, as in Texas State's athletic department, made for me for uh, a little graphic. Uh, it's very fun, and I love them so much. <laughs> you got a graphic I, in them? Yes. Yes. Why did I you just, not tell us this? He did. Kind of. I just refuse to take Texas State. I've not had faith in them ever, really. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's proven it's fruitful for me this year. I I do have faith in them. And it Even hurts. well, and that's that's the weird thing is they're performing better. You would think maybe I'd eventually start coming to their side, but now I'm good. <laughs> My final game in this one, I would argue, was a good game. UNLV uh, was in charge in the first half. Had a rough third quarter. Uh, very rough third quarter with a few different turnovers yeah. that gave uh, Fresno State yeah. the lead. Uh, and then UNLV started to come back again in the fourth quarter, but uh, ran out of time. Look, we say it all the time. There are two halves and four quarters to football. I would say UNLV played three quarters of football. It's just that yeah. one quarter was so bad in that moment. Uh, but overall, I do think this was a good game. The Fresno State pulls was... us out 31-24. Third quarter was twenty four to nothing to Fresno State. <laughs> Correct. So that's that's your game right there. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Yeah. It is. The flip side of it is though, too. Fresno State was able to execute and then hang on to close right. this one out. So UNLV could not overcome the mistakes they made. Yeah, they didn't play a, a good full four quarters, but guess what? Fresno State was able to take advantage of it. Fresno State could have just as easily not yep. executed, and UNLV still wins this game despite their mistakes. Yep. I'll give I'll give you a good game on this one for sure. Me too, but you only have one. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's all I expect. I trust me. Yeah. I watched these and I was like, I only have one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Doug, hit the slide. Play your song. No, we got to go through the whole thing here. Ah, okay. Bugs in third place this week with a 15 and 14 showing, hanging on above 500 yet again. <laughs> this is fine. And a plus one. That is correct. We will add the plus one. Uh, very nice 3 and 0 in bonus points. Uh, <laughs> Tug thought he had it this week. 19 and 10. Very solid record. Uh, Five and one in the bonus right now. You'll you will stay at five and one after our discussion there. Uh, but nineteen and ten was not good enough this week. 
because I went 20 and 9. Get, get fucked. You got a full eight point lead on me right now. So loud. Ooh. Hold on. I can change the mic back speed. Okay. Enough of that. <laughs> Okay, I like oh, wait, it. Wait, there's more. It's good. <laughs> but of course there's more because we love college football so much that we can't stop talking about it, even though we finished what we said we were going to talk about. So moving right along to the more. Uh, Got to start off with this. This is a fantastic graph and explanation of the Brian Ferentz situation. You will have noticed we didn't talk about Iowa this week. We didn't have the Sickos Committee uh, Mountain of Ferentz. Whatever. Oh, so sad. <laughs> but I found this from Ryan Nani, uh, who is a beat writer for The Messenger. You can find him on X at Celebrity Hot Tub. Fantastic at, by the way. Also, this graph was done by another writer for The Messenger, Neil Payne. Credit to those guys for sure. I uh, wanted to point this out, though. So Brian Ferentz in his contract... The stipulations, there were two stipulations. We've only really talked about the one, 25 points per game. They also needed to win seven games this season or else he was going to be fired. That was the other stipulation of this, which usually those two things are pretty well tied together. You're not going to win too many games if you can't score more than 25 points. And if you score fewer than that, you're not going to win too many games. Bet. Uh, There are... Nine teams in the entirety of FBS football who are on track to win more than seven games, but scoring less than 25 points per game. Iowa is one of those. Uh, Three others of those are also in the Big Ten West. Here's the other thing, though. There are seven teams in the Big Ten West. Uh, none of them are clearing 25 points per game. This is not a Brian's, Brian Ferentz problem. Well, this it is. entirely a Big Ten West problem. No, no. A rock fighting the, the problem. Iowa, Iowa specifically is a Brian Ferentz problem. No, no, no. The whole state of Iowa, too, because Iowa this State, Iowa is, state is in the same category. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, that's also a Brian Ferentz problem. <laughs> So Brian Ferentz will not be returning next season. That has been confirmed by the athletic director of Iowa, who is the direct boss of Brian Ferentz because of nepotism. Kirk Ferentz is the head coach. He's not the boss of his own son. Brian Ferentz reports directly to the AD because that makes sense in a football team. Have your offensive coordinator report to someone other than your head coach. That'll definitely work. You so know that's make cool. You laugh. Now that that's been announced, Iowa's offense comes out and absolutely lights it up, and he meets both of these goals by the end of the season. Uh, even if that happens, Iowa fans will be happy to move on. That's no, I, I agree, but like just the <laughs> extremely impressive, not going to happen. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. So this is a lot of data on the slide. If you're watching us on a video format, you can pause and check this all out. Also, go to Ryan Nani on X and. Hit up his article about this. It is kind of hilarious. The entire Big Ten West is at fault here. Uh, at Celebrity Hot Tub. That is magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> Iowa is somehow, somehow the best team 
in just the worst division of all time. <laughs> just <laughs> offensively for sure. But of course, we have some other fun games that we were watching this weekend. Uh, and throughout the middle of the week on Tuesday night, I was at Western Kentucky to watch Liberty get 8-0 and clinch their spot in the Conference USA title game. Liberty Biberty. But also Tuesday night, New Mexico State beat Louisiana Tech 27-24 in a much better game than the one I was at Tuesday night. So that's cool. (laughs) A couple of ranked teams had a very hard time this weekend. Penn State took uh, late safety and some weirdness at the end to finally pull it out against Indiana. North Carolina got beat by Georgia Tech in one of Georgia Tech's even-numbered weeks. USC almost got beat by Cal, a failed two-point conversion there for the Bears and the Blues in that game. USC has a problem, and we've said it all year, but it is impossible if you're the USC athletic department to ignore that you have a defensive problem, and if Lincoln Riley won't move on from his defensive coordinator, you need to move on from Lincoln Riley. Um, I'm sorry. Yes, you have a great offense that can score with the best of them, but you can't rely on that week in and week out to just put up insane amounts of points because you're going to run into that one team that stops you and you take the L. Or even like Utah last week where they only scored 35 points and that yeah. wasn't enough. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, 35 points, just, good offensive game. Like, right. But not good enough when your defense is coached by Alex Grinch. Yes. <laughs> I know there's one the game Grinch on that other side defense. of the screen that you might want to talk about here, Bug. Uh, North Texas had every opportunity handed to them on a silver platter by Ryan Silverfield. But Memphis does pull it out at the end, 45-42. I would argue that uh, the play calling at the end of the game, the only only play I had a real problem with was on third and six or third and four. Uh, they ran a run play and then turn around on fourth down. Huh? Maybe third third and five. (laughs) Yeah, maybe third and five. Uh, Go for a run play, get stuffed at the line, and then go for a pass on fourth down in and out of the hands of Joe Skates, who ended up catching the game-winning touchdown. Uh, They had two – they went for it on fourth down uh, right around midfield on the North Texas side of of, uh, 50. Uh, they went for it twice, and twice I saw drop passes from Memphis. So uh, a lot of people are pointing the finger at Ryan Silver- Silverfield, and I do think there are areas that you can say this is his fault, this is his fault. But there was also some execution errors by the Tigers, and credit to him, Seth Hennigan playing in front of a hometown crowd. His parents were there, very excited to see him uh, back home in Denton. He came out and led the Tigers down the field for a game-winning drive with seconds remaining uh, and Joe skates redeems himself, catches that game winning touchdown pass. Memphis looked great at the beginning of the game, had a just not didn't really have anything go their way on offense in that second half. Uh, I, man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know where to point the finger. I don't, I don't think, I don't think Ryan Silverfield is as at fault as a lot of people want to say he is it. It's a tough conference matchup on the road. Like, you're going to have these shootouts. That's football. It's going to happen. And North Texas did the same thing on the road to Tulane last week. I mean, Tulane, this is three, you know, I said 
at least twice. It's three weeks in a row that they've had close calls. Tulane's barely hanging on uh, in conference as well. I think the biggest problem is, especially when you talk to Memphis fans, is that they underestimate the rest of this conference so much because it's not moving up to a Power 5 conference, and we picked up a lot of teams from Conference USA and other group of five conferences. So obviously they're worse, and obviously the conference got worse because of course they did. We didn't didn't go up, and bottom lesser teams came up. So the whole conference is worse. We should destroy all of them. This this was the issue with the Power 6 mindset, although I agreed with it. This was the issue with the Power Six mindset. Because now UTSA is above Memphis in the standings in the American. Oh, he's pissed. <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I've said it. I'm pretty sure I've said it on the show. The only thing I hate more than USC fans is Memphis fans. That's fair. UCF. There we go. I said <laughs> UFC. I hate UFC fans a lot of the time, too, though. Don't worry about that. In their Dude, what? Tap out gear. All right, I I have to ask, what did Ohio State do to Maryland that they've gone on this skid now? This is October Maryland. Ah, Let me okay. introduce you <laughs> to the October Terrapins. It happens every year. And uh, this not is why to this extent, but <laughs> this is why Tua with more letters is not going to get drafted. Hold on, you've seen Tua's first name fully spelled out, right? <laughs> have you seen Talia's name spelled out fully? Do you know if you have or not? No, I don't. <laughs> have you seen Deji Kareem's full name? I found that yes. one out this weekend. Holy yes, shit. Yes, because you spelled it out for us. <laughs> yeah. It was in in the Discord. Impressive. Go join the yeah. Discord. <laughs> On the FCS side of things, a lot of ranked games went very interestingly down the stretch here, Northern Iowa pulling out a close one against Illinois State. Illinois State feels like they're so close and yet so far away there in the Missouri Valley. Uh, Western Carolina suffered another loss, two straight now. This one against Mercer, who, man, seems like they're right back in the conversation for the SoCon. Chattanooga in a close one over VMI in a game that I thought might have been close, but also I thought it's VMI. So what am I thinking? And then it was 24-23. Holy shit. That's what VMI does, man. Yeah. Uh, I just want to throw this out here. You know, Illinois State is in a position that I've seen SIU in several times in the Missouri Valley where they're a good team, but this conference is so deep that they don't have enough to break that threshold and they consistently find themselves on the losing side of a lot of these games. Yep, Illinois State's definitely a team you got to keep an eye out for over the next two to three years. A couple you of- see Davis yet again proving that the middle of the big sky is dead even. Yep. Northern Arizona winning there 38-21. My goodness. Oof. And then uh, some great overtime games, including your hometown Rhode Island Rams over New Hampshire. Yeah, that's a type that is about where I expected that game to be watching them throughout the year, but that is they're not in the standings where I would have expected them to be the way they came out to start the season for both of these teams. Uh that's a big win for the Rams down there. Uh North Dakota still flirting with again, fl- another one of those teams flirting with disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh man, you can't let Indiana State hang around like that. That's just dangerous. Oh and eight, Indiana State took North Dakota to overtime. That sounds like the start of a very weird nursery rhyme. I'm cool with it. 
<laughs> Moving right along to the prospect preview series, one offensive, one defensive player to keep an eye out for in the mid to late rounds of the NFL draft upcoming. You may notice uh, if you paid very close attention to last week's episode, Jake Levengood, the center for Oregon State, was at an even 350 snaps uh, to start this weekend. Uh, He made it to 361 before he suffered a left leg injury and did not finish the game. This is one thing that I didn't talk about last week with Jake Levengood that probably was worth discussing, and I probably should have brought it up. He has had some injury issues in the past, mostly ankle stuff that seems to be something he can get over a week or two at a time. I don't know what this injury exactly is. If it is that again, I kind of got to start wondering if he's just going to have ankle issues his whole career. At that point, it's a question of if he's draftable or not. That's part of what the combine is there for, honestly. Most NFL teams will say the biggest parts of the combine are that medical review and the interviews. Those two things make up a lot more than the on-field drills, which are what we get excited for. Uh, if if Levengood can pass those tests, then he'll be fine because he is a legitimately good center. Yeah. But that's tough. And you got to think it might be part of why Oregon State couldn't hang around in this game, losing one of that – one of the pieces of this offensive line that we've been praising them for for like three years now, or at least I have. And generally, your center's the biggest communicator on that offensive line. He drives that offensive line, so that is a huge loss. Yeah, this is this is unfortunate. Although there are other or, former Oregon State offensive linemen that injuries have not affected their draft stock, at least. Maybe their performance in the NFL suffered, but you never know. Jake Levengood could still find himself on an NFL roster. Very much so. One guy who definitely should find his way on an NFL roster somewhere, Jalen Green, edge rusher for James Madison, seems to like to play outside linebacker, kind of a stand-up edge rusher role more than anything. Added two and a half sacks, three tackles for loss, nine tackles overall. Uh, Dude is wrecking everything in the backfield all season long for James Madison. It is crazy to me that his stats aren't better than this somehow over the course of his career. Do have to consider James Madison is a deep team on defense. They have been for a little while now. He wasn't the full-time 100% starter for James Madison, even into his junior season last year. Uh, This year he is definitively the best player in the Sun Belt and potentially the best defensive player in all of college football. Like, holy shit, dude's tearing it up. You'll love to see it, man, especially with guys like this that came through the program and developed, didn't leave for through transfer when he very well could have, especially at the FCS level. You'll love to see these guys develop into what he is now. Yeah, I just hope he does get some consideration for awards here, even though JMU is not eligible for the postseason and the NCAA hates him personally because he's on JMU. (laughs) Love it. Before we get out of here, though, we got to stop. Wait a minute. Film out week. Put some football in it. Beautiful. <laughs> we got rivalry games in the midweek action. Starting us off on Wednesday night. Some this is an ugly game. You. This is. There's nothing fun 
Well, there's a lot of fun about this game there's because of, of how ugly it's going to be. <laughs> one and seven, Kent State at one and seven, Akron. The Golden Flashes at the Zips <laughs> in the battle for the wagon wheel on ESPN, ESPNU. We, need, we just need night. some old crowed medicine show in the background. We'll be good to go. Rock me, Akron, like a wagon wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say I picked the Zips because somebody needed to pick the Zips. I appreciate it. And that would the be the team. worst game to get memed on, for sure. Right? <laughs> <laughs> there are no worse Gosh. games to get memed on. Whew. It's a Wednesday night, but if I could find a way to drive seven hours in a single, like, a little bit, I would definitely go to Akron for that game just because it's so gross. Oh, man, I'm weird. Anyway, Thursday night... <laughs> We're looking at three more rivalry games. The only three games going on in College Football Thursday, they're all rivalries. I'm starting to feel really afraid here. TCU at Texas Tech, the battle for the saddle trophy. This will be on FS1. I'm rocking with the Red Raiders, baby. Let's go. Despite their struggles, they've still impressed me more than TCU this year, which is very weird to say. So uh, let me ask it this way, though. Are they impressing you because they're outperforming their expectation? TCU's underperforming their expectation? Because the thing that I break down with it is I legitimately still think TCU's a better team. Uh, I think TCU can hang with Texas Tech. I get it. It's on the road. I'm going to take the Horned Frogs here just based on talent. My entire thought process is the only other time we've talked about TCU this year was against Colorado, and they fucked me. So take that, TCU. I'm picking Texas Tech. <laughs> you were so mad. You were, you were, that was two upsets that week, just so we're clear. Tech's going to wreck them. Let's go. Next up, Tobacco Road. Wake Forest at Duke with Riley Leonard. I hate both of you. Looking very clearly injured to me. I had to pick Wake Forest here. I, I knew that's what you were going to say. I'm just getting real afraid that I'm the only one picking a certain way right now. And you it's really might scary. might be right. Me. You might catch Could back be. up to me in, in one one clean sweep oh, here. God. Oh, that's oh, scary. Nerve wracking. It's scary. Oh. Uh, Wake Forest has looked better than I honestly expected after losing Sam Hartman to Notre Dame. Uh, four and four here is not at all bad. And Dave Doran, just the work he has done all around, building this program up from who cares to perennial bowl contender legitimately. Wake Forest is a, is a real threat. And Duke feels like they're slipping with their one. I mean, this is like uh, what we talked about with Brock Bowers, but like to the nth degree because it's the quarterback. When Duke doesn't have Riley Leonard, this is not the same team. Yeah. At least not 100% Riley Leonard. No, I, I agree. And I thought when you had said they're one, I thought you were going to say one-legged quarterback, which is probably accurate at this point. But Riley Leonard is very limited right now because a lot of what he does is on the ground. Yeah. He, he changes the pace. Everything can be on the ground. So this is a limiting factor. I'm still going to put my faith in Duke. I do have to say almost every game that I pick because of a quarterback injury or whatnot goes the other way that I thought it would. So you have a very good shot here picking the Blue Devils. Just give you that. Next up here, South Alabama at Troy. All right, all right. I'm not the only one here. This is scary, though. Yeah, it is. To me. 
Uh, South Alabama is a pretty dang good team. Just look at how badly they beat Oklahoma State early in the season. <laughs> yeah, this is another one where I, I get into this. Yeah, but they've not been good ever, so I'm not going to trust them, kind of like I am with Texas State. And it hasn't let You're me down yet. Hater. They were a 10-win team last year. Yeah, they're, they've never been good. It's fine. <laughs> hater. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. How does it feel? <laughs> Welcome to the club. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> this is the battle for the belt, by the way. We're all picking the Troy Trojans. 7.30 on ESPN2. I am very much looking forward to that game. I it's think gonna... that's... Honestly, that's my... Uh, that would be my pick for the best game of the midweek action. South Alabama at Troy. Like, that's a... That feels like a wild pull with some Power 5 games going on, but uh, yep. the fun belt's where it's at. That has to be, dude. The fun belt is just, well, fun. It has its name for a reason, put it that way. But with that, I think that does it for our Week 9 review. Man, uh, what a, you know, what a great podcast. Before what we get out of here, What a great podcast. Before we get out of here, I got I got four things. Uh oh. Four. Four things. Uh oh. First, I thought everybody would would like an update. Uh multiple time guest, Dorito Cheeto, the bearded dragon. Uh finally big enough for us to properly sex determine the sex of this this beautiful animal. It is a boy. We've been misgendering our bearded dragon for some time now. And I'd like to formally apologize to all the bearded dragon listeners. Well, we have. So maybe you, Mr. maybe Dorito. you haven't, you haven't asked Dorito what it wants to be called. Mr. Dorito Cheeto. It's, it's a boy. We're it's a boy. These games, Tug. Get out of here. With your Second. Bullshit. <laughs> Second as we record this, you. as we record this and we are live on Twitch and YouTube for that matter. Uh, for the first time ever. We'll, well, I just got us banned on Twitch, so it's fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll do a little bit better. Uh, advertising that we're live on both platforms going forward. This was the first time, though. Great time to start. This will be the last time for a while that you're going to see a beautiful mustache on my face. With Movember coming up, I'm once again shaving my mustache off on November 1st and growing it back out for charity hey, the Movember I'm, Foundation. I'm not no ready. fair. No fair. Tug's already participating. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're interested in donating i'll be sure to drop that link in the comments starting with the next uh the next show I won't be on this one because i haven't gotten everything set up yet it, it's so, not november yet it's also not no november yet november not november it's november and most importantly i've been wearing the hat backwards but i have a reveal to make Oh, you see, I'm also wearing my FCF championship shirt. Now, there were some injuries in the NFL this week, and you know, some occurred on grass. RIP Kirk Cousins, Achilles tendon. Yep. Others occurred on turf, like the Jets Giants game. That was just a fucking disaster. But you know, we don't have to decide if it's the grass or the turf that's causing the injuries in the FCF because they're all playing on good old fashioned AstroTurf. Well, then we know that's the problem. I officially 
What? I'm just. We know that's the problem. That's the worst turf out there. <laughs> Extra turf is the best turf. Oh my! Officially, I don't. I don't know. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Kirk Cousins was standing on grass. Natural that's grass. Hold on. It astroturf is it happened. Reggie Bush shoot the St. Louis Rams over AstroTurf. He shooed them over the concrete ring around the stadium. Mm-hmm. It has which goes under what? Which goes under what? That was under the turf Any too. kind of turf because they installed it improperly. <laughs> so they need to speak to their local AstroTurf specialist and get it installed properly. <laughs> I knew this was coming. I, yeah, and... it's fine. It, it really doesn't bother me. Honestly, as long as you stop tagging me in those things on X, I'm okay. Dude, the amount of times, like, what do you want me to say? I'm going to continue to tag them in you because I want to get you a Christmas present. That Dude, that's tag fine. Tag them inside of him. I will wow. use I, I will use AstroTurf for every camping need I have. I will not use it for my sport <laughs> requirements. You yeah, do when understand you build a fucking stadium. You get to decide what's on the you field. You do understand that AstroTurf <laughs> is no longer just a a a mat on top yes. of concrete. It yes, is I do. okay. It is okay. Yes. I was just making sure. So as it turns out, it's actually a specific kind of turf that seems to be the biggest issue. The slit film or whatever it is. I don't know. Somebody else does that stuff. Which I don't think is made by AstroTurf, ironically <laughs> enough. <laughs> So your crusade against AstroTurf is completely my, unfounded. Hold on. My crusade has never actually been against AstroTurf. It's been against artificial turf. There's a difference. I'm not getting into this conversation again on the air. But that, that went exactly like I expected it to. I enjoyed every moment of that. Thank you so much. I do have a question for you all. Why did the Scarecrow win a Nobel Prize? Uh, I don't fucking know. <laughs> because he was outstanding in his field. I've heard that so many times. It's like I know this one. I just couldn't think. It's like every time I try to think of a name. I should know it's, this. Scarecrows don't stand, by the way. They're supported by they're other structures. and To appear like they are standing. Scary. To oh. appear like they're floating in midair because they're fucking creepy. Alright, you're gone. Alright, we have our links. Patreon.com slash BTFootball. X.com slash BTFootball. Facebook.com slash BTFootball. Instagram.com slash BT underscore football. BDTFootball.com Mailbox at BDTFootball.com YouTube.com slash at Big Dudes in the Trenches Twitch.tv slash Big Dudes in the Trenches. Both of those are all one word. We have our Discord that with the rest of these will be linked in the description below. And ladies and gentlemen, that is all the time we have on the show today. Thank you for watching and or listening. And just remember, you can't win a game if you can't win a game.